Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Refuge Church Online. If this is your first time joining us, we're so glad that you um, are, are, are with us. Uh, if you are normally with us and have been with us for quite a while, we're certainly appreciative uh, that you chose to join us today. Uh, today, we, we pray, as always, that you feel God's love, you hear God's voice, and that you leave away encouraged. And I certainly believe that you're going to be encouraged if you listen to this message in its entirety and if you take this message uh, to heart. If you've not already done so, please um, share this message out uh, so that others can be encouraged as well. Uh, today, God has led me to talk with you about one of society's most uh, feared or dreaded words. Uh, in fact, I, I would have to say it's it's up there at the top of my most dreaded words, even though I've experienced it, and that's the word suffering. Suffering. Suffering, it is the state of undergoing pain, distress, or hardship. Suffering is the state of undergoing pain, distress, or hardship. Suffering, it comes in many different forms and fashions. It can be physical, it can be emotional, mental, relational, and certainly spiritual. And in many respects, with intense suffering, it can be all of those. I, I, I can't think of anybody that's right in their mind, that is, uh, that could say that they enjoy suffering. In fact, I don't think you can be right in your mind and heart towards God and want to see others uh, suffer. But this life's full of it. Life is full of suffering. So today, we're going to look at the question, why am I suffering? Uh, maybe you're suffering something intensely right now. Now, maybe people know about it. Maybe somebody doesn't know about it. Uh, maybe someone that you uh, care about deeply is, is suffering in a very intense way, and you just can't make sense of it. You don't know what to say to them. You don't know how you can help them or encourage them uh, beyond prayer. Well, I don't want to belittle, and I will not belittle anyone's suffering. And I'm not telling you that everything that you are dealt with in life, that you can just get over it. There's many types of suffering. You don't get over it, but God can take you through. So today, I'm not going to be using my opinions. I may share some of my experiences, but I'm going to use God's Word to shed light on this very uh, applicable matter and intense matter that we all have to deal with and face uh, at some point in this life. I'm going to share with you seven key things today. First of all, you need to know that suffering, it happens to everyone. Suffering happens to everyone. Suffering is it's no respecter of person or position. It comes to the, to the poor, but it comes to the rich. It comes to the good, and it comes to the bad. It comes to the unfaithful, but it also comes to the faithful. And it comes to the non-Christian, but also the Christian. You know, one, one of the biggest myths that could ever be out there is that, you know, once you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, that you're never going to deal with any more hardships in life. And that's not the case. It's just now you don't have to deal with them alone. Look at Matthew 5, 45. Jesus says, For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Meaning, listen, whether it's not always about that you deserve to suffer, it's just the fact that we all do suffer. We live in a world full of imperfect people, which we all are one of them. 
with imperfect moments. The longer you live, the more you, you, you feel like it's just one thing after another. And the scripture is very clear that only in Jesus Christ, only through a relationship through Jesus Christ with God above, are we able to have peace in the midst of whatever we suffer. John 16, Jesus said, in me, you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world, but be courageous. I have conquered the world. Now, earlier in John 10, 10, which I don't have up on the screen, Jesus talks about the fact that he, he, he's letting us know as his disciples that we have an enemy, his name's Satan, that's always plotting and planning and looking for a way to, to discourage us, to depress us, and ultimately to destroy us, to, to, to keep us from everything that God has for us. But Jesus says, you know, I've come so that you might have peace and even victory over whatever the devil may throw at you. Jesus says he's come so that you can have peace despite your suffering. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 through 9, it says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering that you are. Now, it is very normal and natural for us if we're in a very dark valley and in the, 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 the vice grips of suffering to sort of feel like nobody has it as bad as we have it and nobody could ever identify with whatever we're suffering. And that's just not the truth. Even, even though you might not know someone else uh, and that person might not know you, that you're each suffering this or that, there's nothing that we suffer that someone somewhere hasn't suffered before or isn't suffering now. Listen, in this message, I'm going to be sharing with you several quotes from a very well-respected and God-led author named Tim Keller. Remember that name, Tim Keller. Um, and these quotes, they come from a book that he wrote entitled Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. Tim Keller wrote a book called Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. I strongly recommend it. In this book, he talks about all kinds of sufferings, and I truly mean all kinds, because there's, there are so many different things that someone could bring up right now, and you, nor I, nor anyone else on the face of this earth other than God above could help us understand why that suffering takes place. But Tim Keller, he's, he's no stranger to suffering himself. In fact, um, prior to, to him even writing this book, um, he was battling um, thyroid cancer uh, back in 2002. And then most recently, uh, the media has come out and, and informed us that uh, Tim Keller is presently now starting treatment for an aggressive pancreatic cancer. So Tim Keller understands suffering. He's not someone just writing something going, hey, you know what, I don't I haven't experienced it myself. He's in the midst of it, and he had to try to make sense of it with God's word leading the way. Listen to this profound quote that Tim Keller shares with us from this book. He says, no matter what precautions we take, no matter how well we have put together a good life, no matter how hard we have worked to be healthy, wealthy, comfortable with friends and family, and successful with our career, something will inevitably 
ruin it. Now, listen, I know what you're thinking right now. Well, that's very encouraging. No, it's just honest. It's helping us understand that everyone deals with suffering, and therefore we have to know how to deal with suffering. Tim Keller also says this. He says, suffering is unbearable if you aren't certain that God is for you and with you. You can bet this, that many a person who has taken their very life, they did so believing that they had no hope whatsoever in the midst of their suffering, and they could see no hope even beyond their suffering. So they thought, hey, the only way I can deal with this unbearable suffering is to take myself out. Listen, you need to know that God is for you. God is with you. God loves you. But secondly, suffering often results from sin. Suffering, it often results from sin. Now, I want to make sure I quickly say this, that not all suffering is a direct result from your sin, Um, but a lot of suffering is a result of sin. Uh, it might not be you directly, but someone who's in your life, and and you you're experiencing the the if you want to say uh, parts of the the burden of what they have chosen to do or or not do. But listen, all sin it does bring consequence. You say, what is sin? Sin is willful disobedience to God. Sin is anything that you or anybody else does that is outside of God's will. In other words, if, listen, if God tells you or has told you to do something specifically through his word or has impressed something upon your heart that, that you're to do and you don't do it, that's sin. If God places clearly upon your heart and shows you clearly in his word something that you shouldn't do and you choose to, to do it anyway, that's sin. Sin always costs you more than you ever want to give up, and it takes you further than you ever wanted to go. James 4.17 gives us the best biblical definition of sin. It says, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Now, temptation, which is something we all deal with, we all deal with the temptation to sin daily and sometimes hourly. Temptation is not a sin. It's when we give in to that temptation. When we give in to what Satan is trying to, to pull us towards, that it is sin. Sin, when it grows, it, it creates havoc. It can bring disaster. It can bring death of many things in life. I'll explain that here in a moment. James chapter 1, verse 14 through 15 says, Each person is tempted when he or she is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Listen, sin not dealt with will always steal your joy because you can't have peace with God when things aren't right with God. You can't have peace with God when things aren't right with God, when you know that you are willfully disobeying God. Listen, sin can wreck any relationship. I've seen many a marriage destroyed because of sin. Sin can impact any family. It can hinder God's will. It certainly does hinder God's will because it's not God's will for your life. Therefore, uh, sin takes you down a, a, a trail that's not God's best for your life. Listen, sin can bring great heartache, consequence, and literally ruin life as you once knew it. You can't live any way you choose and expect the full favor of God. 
God doesn't have favorites. He loves us all the same, but God does only grant his, his favor, his blessing upon those who truly seek to tune their hearts to his heart. Listen, no matter how much times change, God never gives us a license to sin. There's a whole lot of people, and I want some of you young people to hear this. There's a whole lot of people today, they look at God's word as just historic, that the truth that God proclaimed years ago that was good for all of us before, it's no longer relevant to today's society because we live in 2020. That is the absolute lie. Listen, that, that truth was around way before I was ever born, and that truth was truth during the beginning of my life. That truth is still truth today for your life and mine. Whatever God's word says is the final statement of truth on anything and everything. Proverbs 8, 34 through 36 says, blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me find life, and they receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. Listen, undealt with sin always brings unnecessary harm to you and others because sin has consequence. Getting outside of God's will has consequence. Proverbs 3, 11 through 13 says, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves. Listen, sometimes the reason why people reject the word of God is because it doesn't agree with the way they want to live their life. But it's still God's will. It's still God's plan. It says, as a father, the son, he delights in, the Lord disciplines those he loves. Verse 13 says, blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. Proverbs 14, 11 through 12 says the house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the godly will flourish. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. Listen, just because something seems right to you and it feels right and maybe is even um, okayed in society doesn't mean that it's right. And God's not going to grant you favor when it's not right and when you aren't seeking to live right with him. Sin, by the way, it is the worst disease on the planet because, listen, cancer and, 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 and heart failure and, and many other things we could say, those things are bad and they can, they can do things to the body. But sin can destroy the soul and condemn it to hell for eternity. That's why it's the greatest thing to ever be dealt with. And Jesus had to come and die so that it could be dealt with. Listen, any other suffering is just a temporary suffering. But sin has, can have consequence if not, un, if not repented of and forgiven by God. It can have consequence for eternity. Listen, when you seek God's way, God watches over you despite your suffering. But those who choose to live in sin, they are destined for destruction. Psalm 1.6 says, For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads Two, destruction. Tim Keller points out, he says, some suffering is given in order to chastise and correct a person for wrongful patterns of life, such as in the case of, of Jonah, when, when God had to send a great storm and send a whale to swallow him up because God was trying to get his attention, wake him up, grow him up, turn him around because um, Jonah was willfully running away from what God had been calling him to do. Listen, there's no denying that this world right now, presently, is dealing with a major sin problem. We're all dealing with the consequences of that sin. 
in this season. Therefore, 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. You want to know what's the first step towards your life getting back on track and for healing to come into your life and restoration to come into your life and into this world? is for you to get on your knees, to repent of your sin, and to seek God's will. But thirdly, you need to know that suffering, it will test your faith. Suffering, it will always test your faith. Trials, they always reveal our character, and they reveal our faith in God. When it comes to to suffering, we don't like it, we aren't comfortable with it, and we often struggle to understand the, the why behind it, but God always has a purpose for it. And one of those purposes is to use it to test our faith. It really, it really shows us where we really are. Look at 1 Peter 1.7. says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Christ Jesus is revealed to the whole world. Listen, suffering introduces a man to himself. I, I want to share this quote. I don't have it up on the screen that, that I came by this week, and you've probably heard it before, but it's, it's once been said this, everybody has a plan until they get knocked in the mouth. Everybody has a plan until they get knocked in the mouth. If you've been like me, you've been knocked in the mouth before. Listen, it's when you get knocked in the mouth and when you get knocked down and you don't even feel like you can see a plan that you have to cling to faith and trust God's plan. Just because you can't understand what God is doing doesn't mean that God is not doing something. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 through 13 says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. But fourthly, suffering should grow you. I didn't say that suffering will grow you. I said that suffering should grow you. It is God's intention that any suffering you deal with grows you. Suffering is the deepest force that forces the training wheels off of our faith. Suffering, it, it, it surfaces that which we can and cannot depend upon. It's often through crisis, through, through extreme suffering, that we really begin to, to wake up and spiritually grow up, to become all God created us to be. You could truly probably identify that it has been through the greatest times of suffering that God has had your greatest attention and that you have had the most growth and understanding. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing 
nothing. Listen, God is constantly conforming and seeking to transform you and I more and more into his likeness. One of the ways that happens is, is for us to keep learning how to decrease in our dependence upon ourselves and increase in our dependence and our reliance and trust in him. Tim Keller says, he says, while other world views lead us to sit in the midst of life's joys, foreseeing the, the coming sorrows, Christianity empowers its people to sit in the midst of this world's sorrow, tasting the coming joy. Listen, if we allow God to have his way in the midst of our suffering, we will grow. Our faith will be elevated. Our character will be developed. And we will develop this endurance that helps us to get through anything, not just in the present, but even in things to come. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 5 says, We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Listen, God loves you way too much to just leave you in the midst of suffering with no purpose in mind and with no help on the way. But fifthly, you need to know that suffering humbles us. Suffering humbles us. Whether we admit it or not, suffering reveals our deepest humanity. It reveals that only Jesus can be trusted. Tim Keller says, you don't really know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. That's worth sinking in, not just to your mind, but into your heart. You don't really know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. That's the absolute gospel truth. Listen, all of us at some point or another, we, we battle with this thing called pride. Extreme suffering sometimes is the only way that God can take us to this humility of walking with him instead of just being full of pride in ourselves and our accomplishments and in our strength. You know, I have hated every minute of a neurological condition that I've, I've battled with now for um, over five years. In fact, um, uh, even this past week, I suffered very, very much um, because of this condition. I'm doing good today, praise God. But this condition has never fully gone away, and it interrupts my life often. But I know that God has used it and continues to use it to keep me and sometimes to make me humble. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 says, So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Listen, sometimes God has to allow suffering to remain in some form or fashion in your life and mine so that we'll continue to place our trust fully in him and walk humbly with our God as we've been called to do. But number six, suffering, it prepares us for ministry to others. Suffering prepares us for ministry to to others. As a ministry, it is doing anything that we can to meet the needs of others in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, if we've never were to experience suffering, it would mean that we're not human. It would also mean that we can't relate 
to other people's human suffering. So God allows us to experience suffering ourselves, even if it's not in the exact same way, but still is in a profound way in our lives. God allows us to experience suffering so that we can also experience the comfort that God gives us and can give others in the midst of suffering. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3-7 through seven, says, All praise to God, the Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of, of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. I love that. Look at verse five again. It says, for the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Verse six says, even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort that God gives us. Listen, until you struggle yourself and find God's comfort in the midst of that struggle and suffering, you can't relate to others and you can't minister to others near as, near as effective. You know, I've often said this, the, the, the worst pain and suffering is wasted pain and suffering. Don't pocket the tough stuff you've been through or that you're going through because God wants to use that suffering and the comfort and peace that you find and have found in the midst of that suffering to help minister to others so that they can find that same peace and purpose. But last but not least, you need to know suffering brings glory to God. Suffering, it brings glory to God. Suffering allowed by God, it always has a purpose. God allows it in some way, form, or fashion to reveal his glory. Just consider the, the suffering of Jesus. In his brief 33 years in human form on this earth, he basically suffered almost every type of, of, of suffering um, imaginable under the sun. And it was for the glory of God that he endured those things and for the salvation of our souls. Tim Keller says, he says, Jesus lost all his glory so that we could be clothed in it. He was shut out so that we could get access. He was bound, nailed so that we could be free. He was cast out so that we could approach. And Jesus took away the only kind of suffering that can really destroy you. That is being cast away from God. He took so that now all suffering that comes into your life will only make you great. A lump of coal under pressure becomes a diamond, and the suffering of a person in Christ only turns you in to somebody gorgeous. Listen, through suffering, God is able to demonstrate his amazing power, love, and grace, and glory in our lives. You know why? Because suffering, when it gets us totally out of the picture of what we can control and what we could do, it gives God center stage. It's then that God, when he makes the otherwise impossible possible in your life, God is able to get all the glory 
through your life and even through your suffering. John chapter 11, verse four. It's just one example of this. Jesus said, Lazarus sickness, it will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the son of God will receive glory from this. Listen, some things that happen in your life, there is no other reason except that God in some way, form or fashion is planning to get glory and honor through what you've endured and, and through what you faithfully endure. Listen, God allows things in your life and mine that we, we may feel is useless and nothing but misery, and then God takes it and he reveals his goodness, his faithfulness, and his power. And then he receives all the glory and, 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 and glory due only to him. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10 through 11. It says, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, it's important some of you know, you won't always be suffering the exact way you are right now. He says, so after you have suffered a little while, he will restore support and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. In God's hands, there is no such thing as wasted tears, pain, heartache, are suffering. Tim Keller says in the secular view, suffering is, is never seen as a meaningful part of life, but only as an interruption. Listen, in Christ, even the worst of suffering, it is purposeful. It is useful for God's glory. You just have to be willing to put even that deepest pain and suffering and un, unknowns to you in God's hands and his love that is pouring through you and pouring out for you, God will make it into something purposeful. Tim Keller says the only love that won't disappoint you is the one that can't change, that can't be lost, that is not based on the ups and downs of life or of how well you, you live. It is something that not even death can take away from you. God's love is the only thing like that. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or, or famine or, or nakedness or danger or sword? Verse 37 says, No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Listen, in God's hands, there is no such thing as a wasted moment, wasted suffering. In his hands, what feels like is doing nothing but working against us, God, if we'll let him, if we'll trust him, he is working it for us and despite it. Listen, in this life, we will all deal with our share of suffering, but in Christ, there's no wasted pain. Because of Christ, one day there will be no more pain and no more suffering. But in this life, Jesus says, you're gonna have suffering, but take heart because he's overcome the world. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father, God, right now, Lord, I know that there are Many listening right now, Lord, that they are, they're dealing with suffering or they're watching someone suffer in a great way that they don't understand, they can't make sense of it, and Lord, they even wonder if they can endure it. But Lord, we know with you, with your help, Lord, we can get through anything. 
Lord, we might not be able to get over it, Lord, and it might not be meant that we get over it right now, Lord, but whatever we're going through in Christ is just a season. This too, you promise, shall pass one day. But God, in the midst of our greatest suffering, may we trust you fully. Lord, may we humble ourselves before you and surrender to you all that is on our heart, all that we have gone through, all that we are going through, and all that we will go through. God, we trust you with all of our heart. God, I pray for anyone right now that does not know you, Jesus, as their personal Savior and Lord. I pray they would choose today, if they've not already done so, Lord, to say, Jesus, I believe in you, that you died on that cross for my sins, for my eternal salvation. Jesus, forgive me. Lord, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. God, I pray, Lord, right now, Lord, that, that you would use the suffering that is going on in our world and even in our individual lives for your greater glory. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you all for, for joining us today. Um, I want to take just a moment to just tell you, you know, um, the reason why some of you haven't been seeing me uh, maybe uh, quite as frequently uh, on social media. Uh, I've just needed to take a step back. Um, as, um, as you know, I've been practically uh, preparing and preparing uh, messages uh, for, for each of you for like the last 15, 16 weeks, um, which is hard, hard to believe. Uh, so that has worn on me at times, uh, but God has given me strength. Uh, and there's just so much ministry and struggle going on for different people uh, behind the scenes that obviously you can't see uh, through uh, messages like this. But I want you to keep praying uh, for myself, for the leadership of this church, uh, for this mission, and especially for one another, uh, because we all have our different share of struggles. Uh, today, if this message encouraged you in any form or fashion, I hope that you'll share this message with someone else uh, or with all your Facebook friends. Uh, for those of you who call Refuge Church home and you believe in this mission of, of, of loving, lifting, and leading people to Jesus Christ, uh, we thank you for your support and we ask that you would continue to support this ministry so that it can be sustained through this season as we still uh, don't feel it's safe to meet uh, corporately. Uh, if you would like to give a tax-deductible gift, you can do so in several ways very easily and safely. First of all, just go to refugechurch.org slash giving or simply text the word give, that's G-I-V-E, to 843-806-0831 or you can mail a check to 203 Eddie Chastine Drive, Walterboro, South Carolina, 29488. Listen, I pray you have a wonderful week, and God bless you and your family.